You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. Mañana oniro trello. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. What's happening, everybody? It's midnight, Central European time, one o'clock in Greece. I have Costas Ilianos with me. Costa, what a night. Last gasp winner from Tiquinho. It's a 1-0 victory, and Olympiacos have sealed their spot in the Europa League in 2022. We will continue to play European football. Um... What, what a game. I think we were pulling our hair out for most of it, thinking, oh, my God, it's going to be one of those games where, you know, you think we're going to be playing for years and years and we're not going to score. It was just one of those. And then Oleg Ryabchuk became Krostas uh, Ryabchuk and Tikinio with a centre-forward finish. Anyway, listen, before we get into the game, Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the like button, guys. It helps with the algorithm and everything. It helps us to get more Olympiacos fans from all over the world to come and join. Big shout out to our sponsor, Piraeus International. If you're looking to ship from the US to the rest of the world, give our friends at Piraeus International a call. And last but not least, manscaped.com. If you're looking for a trimmer for your balls or for any other part of your body in particular, this is the, this is the thing to get, guys. Manscaped.com. You can buy some nice boxer shorts there, or if you like deodorant for your balls as well, go for it. You've got some good stuff there. The boxer shorts are great, and the clippers are very good, guys. Uh, 20% off until the end of this month. And they already have some deals going, Black Friday, Christmas deals. So it's literally cumulative. Like you can get a 45% uh, discount, plus 20, 65% off. Uh, if you're looking for a trimmer, guys, and you like shaving your balls, don't use the same trimmer. Buy another trimmer, you know, dedicated to, you know, your, your nether region. 20% off at manscaped.com. Now, football. Gotha, what are you saying? Man? How are you feeling? Well, I feel like Olympiacos played like a Greek team. Uh, very predictable kind of game. Uh, cross the ball and hope for the best. Uh, slow, a lot, very slow game. Just like uh, I saw a lot of shades from my Athens. Uh, Olympiacos have the same, have been having the same manager since 2018, if I'm not mistaken. And he's an amazing manager. I'll get... I'll, I'll get to that thought process a little later, but there seems like there's no identity with this team, no character. We played in a 4-2-3-1 formation tonight with Agibu Kamara at number 10, uh, and Vila and Kamara, and the other Kamara in midfield, Larabi uh, led the attack. Sometimes we play with a 4-3-3, sometimes we play with a 3-4-3. Uh, it, it's starting to feel like Olympiacos are... are are facing their mortality. As a sports journalist myself, I get stories of the European Super League still being alive. I get stories of Arsene Wenger and Gianni Infantino wanting to put the uh, wanting to impose the World Cup every two years. 
it's all about money right now. Money's playing a huge part in football right now. Olympiacos can take a, a talented player so far, and Olympiacos have a lot of talented players in the team and a very talented manager that I'm starting to feel like they want to move on. Olympiacos has become quite a purgatory for them. Madika Mara, Useinu Ba, Papa Busise, Pedro Martins himself. I feel like they just want to move on and Olympiacos has become quite a groundhog day for them. And Olympiacos are just meeting their, they're just meeting their mortality right now. They've taken those players far enough and they just want to move on. And I didn't see much from Olympiacos. There's so much talent in this team, but it's not being used. And I'm feeling like it's a matter of character. It's a matter of, I want to move on, man. I've given you everything I can give you. I want to play in the Champions League, the Premier League, La Liga, Serie A. I want to move on. That's what I saw today, in my opinion. Uh, to be honest, Costa, I think, you know, something we talked about the last couple of podcasts or when the results have been poorer, but the performances all year, I think it's just been kind of wishy-washy. And uh, I think we were texting each other during the game and I said, I think this is the worst Pedro Martins team of the last four years. And I've said it before, I think it's the end of a cycle. And, uh, you know, some... I'm, I'm, I'm of course happy we won. I'm, I'm happy for the team that we've qualified for um, for the next round, um, guys. I do want to say for those that are on uh, online now, um, comments coming in thick and fast. We will be opening the lines again today. We started doing that on the last episode, so we are going to drop the link into the chat. If you want to come on the show, uh, have a chat with us for a couple of minutes, tell us your thoughts. A couple of people, I think, uh, said even they just came back from the stadium. Uh, our guy who's uh, who's on nearly every time, Erythrolifki Mastura. If you want to get on the show, we'll translate. We'll translate. Yeah. yeah. Come on the show. Anybody want to get online with us? We're going to drop the link in the chat in the next couple of minutes. Costa, you, you raised some really good points, man, and we're going to get there uh we're going to analyze that but before we do i think we need to we need to take a look at the group because uh things got interesting <clears throat> that's the group that's what it looks like right now so if for anybody that watched uh the dying minutes of the frankfurt antwerp game it was 2-1 to antwerp until the 94th minute they had five minutes of stoppage time and none other than Gonzalo Paciencia of course a former Olympiacos player gets a header in the last minute from a Philip Kostic cross and makes it 2-2 so Frankfurt top with 11 points Olympiacos nine those two teams are through to the Europa League Fenerbahce and Antwerp there's still uh, the third spot is still open, so we now go to Antwerp at, for the last game with Antwerp wanting a win to be able to get into the Conference League, and Olympiacos wanting a win to get top spot, hoping that Frankfurt will slip up to Fenerbahce in Turkey. So. It's an interesting end. It would have been even more interesting had Frankfurt lost, but it sets up a, an interesting encounter in, in Antwerp for the last game. Well, you see, 
we texted each other a lot during the game. And uh, personally, I don't think Olympiacos really deserve top spot. Eidracht don't deserve it either. But when you're playing against a mediocre team that you can't beat, you're not going to lose. Olympiacos conceded two goals across those two fixtures with Eidracht in stoppage time, which is a cardinal sin in football. You just don't concede at stoppage time. You never concede at stoppage time, especially at the Karaiskakis when it was so obvious Olympiacos can't win. They conceded the winning goal when it was just two minutes before full time, which was ridiculous. Uh, One of the worst uh, Olympiacos displays under Pedro Martins I've ever seen. Uh, could you just confirm something with me? Uh, Fenerbahce have a better record against Antwerp, so aren't Fenerbahce through to the conference no matter what? Or is it the goals difference? Mm, did, did, they, did they draw in their they game? They drew and then Fener won 3-0 in Belgium. So now I'm just trying to understand, do Fener have anything to fight for except for prestige and glory and pride and we're the best you know screw all the rest kind of thing i wonder if vitor pereira gets sacked today i i i don't know i mean maybe maybe there may be some changes over there i mean they they just came from a big victory against their their rivals uh in uh in istanbul galatasaray so i don't know but it's i feel like that's been coming for a long time um with with fenerbahce so I mean, they're playing in Turkey in front of their fans against the German team. So I think, you know, I, I agree with what you said, though. I don't think that we deserve top spot. I was thinking about it on the way on the way back from from watching the game that, you know, what a waste it was to lose to, to Frankfurt at home. And we wouldn't be having this conversation. But um, and, you know, you know, my thoughts on this. I've said before that Olympiacos, for the history of the club and you know prestige and who we are, we're a team that does, that should be in the Champions League, uh, Europa League. But the the state of our league and and everything renders us for me a conference team. Uh, going up against going up against a, a third place Champions League team going to be very difficult unless it's like. A Sheriff Tiraspol, but Sheriff Tiraspol, they you know they beat Real Madrid away from home. So, it's... shall we discuss the 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 potential opponents for uh, if Olympiacos slash when Olympiacos finish second in the Europa League group? If you have it there, go for it. I got it. I got it. So I'm looking at RB Leipzig and Club Breeze right now. Have I pronounced it right? Club Rouge. Yeah, it depends Club if you're Bruges. saying it. In- if it's Flemish, if you say it in Flemish, or if you say it in French. Anyway, I said it in French. Okay. Is Breeze correct? Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Okay. I'm looking <laughs> at Leipzig and Breeze. And let me tell you, those are really hard opponents, both of them. Then didn't, I'm we look- play, didn't we play Leipzig in a friendly this summer? Did we? Yeah, that's a friendly, though. Summer friendly, they, they barely count. Yeah, but they still beat us quite easily, if I remember. Okay, well, that's even worse then. Yeah. So now we're going to AC Milan and Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, Borussia Dortmund uh, is the next one. Besiktas are out with zero points, which says a lot wow. about the uh, the Turkish league Turkish right now. Right now, yeah. 
we move on to Sheriff Tiraspol, who are definitely gonna, uh, who are definitely uh, gonna be uh, going to the uh, Europa League because Shakhtar have one point, so they're five points behind them. And as you said, they beat uh, they beat Shakhtar, they beat Real Madrid at the Santiago Bernabeu in what is probably the biggest upset in Champions League history. Debatable still, I guess, but surely up there. Then we got Benfica. Not a nothing. Costa, you know what? The way Olympiacos has been playing this season, we're not a team that likes to take a game by the scruff of the neck. I don't it's just I have my idea of Olympiacos, and I think everyone's idea of Olympiacos is you want Olympiacos to come out at home and strangle the opponent high up the pitch to play high intensity pressing like attacking football possession and i've said it so many times before the last few weeks i'm getting bored of saying it you just see a team that goes out there and they can't make three passes like uh yeah in, in, like um when they cross the halfway line it's like passes at the back and then as soon as the ball gets into the opponent's half we can't make two three passes and you're just like oh my god and whenever we've had a good game like look at all the good games that we've had i, I actually this season i can think of one good game that we've played Against Fenerbahce away, yeah, away, yeah, and That's we the did, one. and we did that where we we kind of sat back, and as soon as Fenerbahce got to the halfway line, there was a midfield press, and we had Agibu playing in the middle, like in like a three, and we'd steal the ball and counter. I'm less afraid of going up against a better team, like in quotations where we know that we're going to be on the back foot and we know that we're going to find space to break. So I don't know if it might turn into one of those things for us, but Olympiakos reminds me a little bit of the Greek national team when we were good. Like when the Greek national team was good, mm-hmm. so Greece is playing against like a good team, like a, a We're Spain. talking pre-2014. We're talking 2004-2014 here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah. about the Greece teams where, like, you played against the good opposition and you knew that you had a chance, yeah, because you were solid in defence because you could counter. And we then, when you played against an Armenia or against an Albania, no disrespect, or a lesser team, we didn't know what to do with the ball. We yeah, but didn't... they got the, 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 that Greek national team always took the, Fair uh, enough. the, took the Fair results. Enough. But, they always but, it was the always, results. but it was always ugly. It was always, oh, my God. God, you know, what, what are we watching again? They didn't know how to attack, but they'd get a penalty where like Sardas would put a cross in and Haristeas would get his head up from a free kick, whatever. Um, I don't know. And let's, let's, just, let's just read those teams so, you know, the read uh, the audience know exactly what Olympiacos are up against. I'll start from the beginning. We got Leipzig. We got Breeze from Group A. We got... AC Milan, Porto, and Atletico Madrid, because uh, Liverpool are the only team from Group B that have gone through. So we got Porto, Milan, and Atletico Madrid from there. <laughs> we we got Dortmund from Group C, because Sporting have uh, have uh, punched their ticket. Uh, Sheriff Tiraspol, that are, are that are by far the best opponent Olympiacos could get if they finish second, when they finish second. Benfica, Group B. Then we got Atalanta and Young Boys, Young Boys who beat Manchester United in Switzerland. Uh, Sevilla, Salzburg. Wow, it could be really messy over there. Salzburg, Sevilla, Wolfsburg. 
And then we got Zenit, uh, Zenit St. Petersburg that we're looking at. It's, I mean, like we said, best case scenario, it's Sheriff, but Olympiacos are just not convincing. And you made a good point because no matter who gets in there, there's a lot of questions coming up about it's not just a matter of talent. It's also a matter of character. Even if Sheriff come in, can Olympiacos deal with the, uh, with the potential pressure of the favorite? Olympiacos yeah. should beat them in Greece. Can they beat them, though, in Greece? Can they win in Tiraspol in that, that, in that kind of football pitch that they have yeah. over there? And you said it so well. When I, was, when I made my radio debut in Greece, I got to talk about Olympiacos facing Wolves. And Aris, um, uh, your co-presenter, made a really good point uh, before the game that he would put Olympiacos against anyone. He would not rule out Olympiacos against anyone. And that's how it felt. I have never seen Olympiacos playing better than they did in the 2019-2020 season. Olympiacos would play out the back like it was nothing. They would exchange the ball like it was nothing. So much went down thanks to Costas Tsimikas and Omar El Abdelawi in the, in the fullback position, which is what Olympiacos are missing. That's what I've been saying since... They both left. Yeah. But now Olympiacos are ba- remind me a lot of that, of the pre-Verder days, in the sense that there's no movement. There's They cannot pass the ball three times in midfield against yeah. second or third tier teams. They're just not convincing. Like, I really believe that this Fenerbahce result, and Olympiacos deserve to be through. They really do deserve to be through. But it really feels like a short-term fix. Gary Rodriguez can come back in the squad for uh, for the ter- yep. uh, for the turn of the year. Send Ronnie Lopez back to Sevilla. Honestly, you got Gary Rodriguez. Send Ronnie Lopez back. That guy just cannot do it. And bring more play. Bring at least one fullback. Maybe Karbovnik can turn things around because he is a Premier League player. He is a very highly rated player. I've spoken with people from Brighton. They rate him highly, and they are not the kind of people that just. That, that, that just hand thing that just hand shit over the players in the Premier League, and Fortunis is coming back, but as it stands, Olympiacos are not convincing. They are not convincing. No matter who could, they can get from the Champions League, they're just not convincing enough. I, I I agree with you. It is what it is, and I think it's one of those seasons. I again repeating myself. It's one of those seasons that you're kind of waiting for it to be over in a way because. The teams come full circle. Chlapatsas uh, <laughs> is saying, Madin is a tragic catastrophe. He wants Madin, to leave. He wants to leave, yeah, in no, my opinion. I don't... Uh, he, he's, on the, he's on the field and he has this aura about him like he's Andrea Pirlo on the pitch is what I was, what I was thinking earlier. But I don't know what it is about the midfields um, this year. There's there are a couple of interpretations. I think first of all that I think Ruben Semedo is missing at the back, big time in a sense that he he could bring the ball up, and the fact that you had a player that had his ball playing ability from the defence, it meant that the midfield could sit higher up the pitch. How many times have we seen Ruben Semedo carry the ball from the back into the opponent's half and then play the pass out to the wing and the build-up would begin? Who does that? 
Cissé might do that a couple of times, but then he can be wayward with his passing from time to time, which frustrates the hell out of me. You could say the same for Semedo, that he 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 can get you know too overconfident and he might lose a ball. But my point is, Jan and V is playing way too far back. He's still trying to get back to full fitness post-COVID. His body's still readjusting. Madi Kamara's on another planet. He's not the same player. Um, yeah, you've, you said it. He wants to leave. I think so. I think so. <laughs> he, it's time. He's been at Olympiacos for... Th- is his fourth season now? He deserves to go. He deserves, he deserves to, go. to go. Yeah, he, he deserves deserve to, go. to go. And if it wasn't for COVID, he'd be gone. And many other players probably too as well. But um, he needs to sit on the bench. He needs to sit on the bench. For me. I, I don't know if I would go that far. Like, you got a player like him. You're trying to bring him, you know, into that kind of mentality. As for Semedo, man, Semedo needs to go. I'm sorry. It's just you're sending... Yeah, oh, I'm, not, I'm not saying, like, he should be playing. I'm saying you don't have that ball-playing centre-back. That changes the system, yeah. changes the way yeah. we formed on the pitch, the way the ball moves across the park. You just, it, you're, the whole team is is back like meters in terms of how we're actually set up and how the build up begins in the team. You find uh, it didn't happen so much today, but I think in the league we see it more that Envila he goes back in between the defenders to pick up the ball and start the build up from the yeah. back and is not helping is not helping us to get up the pitch and uh our friend uh, giovanni is saying yeah markovic we talk about him a lot on the show yeah but um markovic isn't french market player that we've bought and yeah i'll stop there we're not in training though we're not in training to see what's going on like one of the questions i had is that tikina was in much better form than el arabi when el arabi started playing uh started playing as a starter, but we're not in training. And El Arabi can still go. He can still score the big goals like he showed with Ike, but Tiquinho can score the big goals as well like he showed so it's many times. Day. And, I mean, we can agree that Tiquinho is a perfect replacement for El Arabi when the time comes and, you know, at some point it will come. Either he's going to stay as a Chori Dominguez kind of uh, personality or, you know, maybe he can still go. I, I, I don't – I will never rule El Arabi out – of anything, we're, but we're not in training. Uh, I do rate Markovic as well. I do hope uh, he stays around to become to uh, and Olympiakos will invest on him for uh, the future. Let's see what what could come from King Kue. There's so many opportunities with Olympiakos B, and we're seeing there's so much potential there. You're seeing a bunch of kids picking up results against teams that don't have kids <laughs> in there. Uh, but in general, there's a team, uh, Olympiacos are a team with no character. There's just no, <laughs> not much mentality. But like I said, and I do want your opinion on that, Rodriguez is going to be on the team uh, at the turn of the year. Fortunis returns from injury. Karbovnik will return from injury at some point. Yeah. What do you think of that? Three, it's like three signings, isn't it? What do you think of that? So you said Rodriguez, Karbovnik, and? Fortunis. Uh, I don't know what's happened with Karbovnik, man. Like, you know that I think the whole situation with the wing-backs was a complete mess over the summer. It's like, how the hell did we not sign a left-back? Um, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I am I, I like Oleg Rabchuk for what he is. 
I think it's so unfair that he's compared to who was his predecessor. Uh, Costas Timikas plays for Liverpool, guys. Costas Timikas is competing with Andy Robertson for the left-back spot. Liverpool fans are loving him, calling for Robertson to sit on the bench. Let's just digest that. Just digest what kind of player we're talking about in Costas Timikas. Parenthesis, eight yeah. starts, eight wins, eight clean eight sheets. Clean sheets. <laughs> he could surpass, he could surpass Grigoris Yorgatos. Timikas could surpass Grigoris Yorgatos if he keeps it up. But but to your but to, to the point, Oleg, the guy's got incredible potential. And by the way, the assist, it wasn't the only cross that connected today. <laughs> there were a few crosses. Guys, if if if, if he can put if he can put passing and crossing into his game, we've got another 10 million plus player to sell. He defensively, he's very good. And he gives everything. It's something that Karaiskaki, it's something that Olympiakos fans they love. He has that passion. He he runs after everything. He's like a Tasos Pados, like Tasos Pados going forward. Easy with Pados. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. I think he I was, you're, passion. Let's just put he it was under endeared. passion. He was an endeared player, like he was yeah, endearing to the passion fans. under passion. So, and Tasos Pados was a starter under Ernesto, Ernesto Valverde. Yeah, Let, let's just remind people of that as well. So, um, I don't know, man. Are we going to sign a left back? Uh, is Karbovnik going to play? Your, that was your, your question. I don't know, ma'am. But do, are, are you seriously buying this media story in Greece that Karbovnik is injured the last three, four weeks? Like, what, what, oh. what, what what's wrong with him? I, 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 I don't know. Like, like that, that on, on Karbovnik, is he, is he going to play right back? For me, Lala, la, la, he, he's, he's getting, he's getting better. His perform, his performance today was for me up there yeah our best players today were Cisse, Oleg and Lala for me I do buy well it, if I don't buy it I gotta ask then why isn't he playing you know I need you know that is the question I do think that he needs he still needs time uh I still think that he's a player I want to see more of uh one of the things that worry me about Reapchuk and uh, Lala after a good performance is will they keep it up? Uh, you got to be consistent. Oleg is not stop. consistency in the performance as well. He got injured uh, in the Eidracht game really badly and there was no red card. Although that's not an excuse why Olympiakos lost, but still he got seriously injured. We saw the extent of that injury that didn't lead to a red card. Uh, but there's no consistency from those two. Um, from those two fullbacks, but so I still think that if Olympiakos signed quality fullbacks or Karbovnik made a made a massive comeback, then that would light a fire under their asses to make them understand that they need to do this week in, week out, kind of like Cardoso did for Ideje. You know, Cardoso was a flop, but he lit a bonfire under Ideje's ass and he started scoring left, right, and center. Yaspanayoti, Kabovnik's transfer mark page puts him down as injured and mentions ligaments problems, which is worrying. Uh, 
Yeah, but transfer market, I mean, yeah, I, I like I said, I do believe Karbovnik is having issues with injuries, but like, you know, transfer market do tend to miss out on p- players that are injured. So, but yeah, no, he was right to bring it up. The, 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 he was really right to bring it up. Um, Kostas Papa we don't Dimitri. do that, do we? Do we do Kostas that? Pa- Kostas do that. Papa Dimitriou is asking me for uh, at the, yeah, the end. Are they part of this discussion? Who? Well, the non-Olympiacos, are they part of this discussion? <laughs> uh, Daxi, Costa just wants a bit of banter. Costa, if, yeah, you, stick well, around, if you stick around until the end, uh, I, I, I might give you a nice surprise. But until then, you know, normally, Costa, normally I'm drinking a bit of Tikulia on a bad night, like when we've lost. But tonight we've won and I'm drinking my Tikulia. Siniyasas. Uh, cheers Siniyasas, to everybody. Cheers I had a lot of beer before uh, before this, so I'm pretty much sorted. Um, one thing I do want to say about Karbovnik is that when we did the deep dive on him, you remember this, mm-hmm. we saw a player that could give us some options in midfield, yep. particularly when the Copa Africa uh, came into play in the new year. So I don't know. Ju- um, jury's still out. Let's see. Let's see if he's going to actually get some game time. But I I can't see Oleg Rebchuk get coming out of this team. I cannot see him coming out of this team. Uh, it, the, guy's, the guy's stamina is off the charts. Like He's playing week in, week out. And you're right to point at consistency and having competition. Absolutely, 100% agree with you. Um, will we pick someone up? Let's see. Um, next one you mentioned, Fortunis. Rumours that he might be getting back into training already in January with the team. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not expecting. Uh, I'm not expecting Costa to be in the um, in the Europa squad, in the squad list. I think last time he got injured and he came back, Martins didn't put him in the in the list. So um, yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm not banking on 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 Fortunis. Fortunis for me is a player that might get some games in Greece. He might get some games in the playoffs. Uh, but then the question is: is uh, is Martins going to drop Agibu to play Fortunis? We saw how Martins treated Fortunis last season. It was a bench player and an impact player. And wasn't then, that's exactly what I was about to say. Impact players. So there's still a big role there. Like Valbuena is right now, but Valbuena is a bit, you know, <laughs> advanced aged. Uh, this is another thing that I didn't like about today is that at the end, you know, we were playing with no wingers. And you know who was the last manager that played with three number 10s behind the striker? The last Olympiacos manager that played with three number 10s before the, behind the striker? Yeah. He didn't. He wasn't Olympiacos manager for long. Hmm. Not for long, eh? Does anybody, anybody in the chat, anybody in the chat, who's the last manager of Olympiacos? Bento. Was it Bento? No. Was it not Zardine? No. Not Zardine. Who's the last coach that played with three number tens behind the striker? Okay, I'm. I'm making a third and last choice. In, in chronological. Also- Chronological order because some people here are saying Hasi, Zico, Be- Victor Sanchez. Victor oh. Sanchez does. Victor Sanchez went to play against Maccabi with three number tens. 
and we we lost that game, didn't we? Well, we got knocked out. We lost one nil. Uh, was it? We lost one nil in uh, in Israel, and then we drew at home. I can't remember. I don't want to remember that period. It when was. It was no. Pitch. It wasn't Maccabi. That was Hapoel Beersheba. Was it Hapoel? Anyway, some team that yeah, I don't Hapoel even remember Bersheva. the name. That's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. Anyway, uh, that that reminded me today that you know that playing with Ronnie Lopez, playing with Valbuena, playing with uh, with Agibu today, and playing with no out and out wingers, and you were just. I wasn't sure about the change, and now we're coming back to the game. I wasn't sure about the changes at halftime. Certainly, Kamaraov, fine. I'm glad to see that he made changes at halftime and not in the 70th minute. But I thought thought Onyekuru actually had a relatively decent performance in the first half. When he got the ball, he made a nice switch. I think when when the, the first good chance we created was from Onyekuru on the left-hand side, switching it over to, to Masuras on the right, and we broke into the box. And ah, that was the Agibu. That was Agibu's chance. The first chance we had where Masuras crossed it across, across goal and he missed it, where I told you he's offside. That yes, was, that, yes. That, yeah, started, that started from Onyekuru on the left. He had some good runs, some good positioning, but I don't know, like... <laughs> Onyekuru is the kind of player that hasn't lived up to the expectations. We read a lot of articles from uh, some journalists that I wonder where their allegiance stands, presenting him as the next, uh, presenting him like his hot shit when, you know, and the whole thing stunk. Oh, like they did with I'm Ronnie with Lopez. Like they did with Ronnie Lopez as well. And that stunk as well. He hasn't he hasn't lived up to the expectations no. of Olympiacos. And I heard some rumors that a Turkish team wants to buy him in January. Well, if the money's good, then you know, go for it. Just, for, just do it. Ron, Ronnie Lopez. Uh Onyekuru. Onyekuru. Lo, Ronnie Lopez is on loan, so you can just cut yeah. the loan, send him to Sevilla and play Gary. So then yeah. if the money's good Agreed. for him, send him over and have Rusai play. You know, it's Masuras, yeah, Valbuena. There is options, better options. Costa, I think um I think out of all the wingers we bought this summer, Gary Rodriguez is the best one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's 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 a no-brainer. I mean, the guy's played two games and he's done more than Ronnie Lopez and Yon Yakuru have done combined in terms of providing an attacking threat when when we're going forward. And he looks to he looks to be forming a nice kind of partnership and chemistry with uh, with Kenny Lala every time they've yeah, played together and they've played together. Two times, yeah, um, which is very interesting. So that you know that could be a game changer. Um, we're halfway through the show, guys. Uh, we've thrown the link into into the chat. We've said that we will, uh, you know, we invite you to join to join the show if you want to come on. Like say a few words, have a chat with us. The link is in the chat now. Uh, YouTube listeners, uh, Facebook listeners. Don't be shy if you speak Greek, if your English is not too good. Like, again, we can speak some Greek, translate. Yeah, of course. No, no worries. Um, and, yeah, guys, thanks thanks so much for, for joining us. We know it's late. We know some of you are from Australia as well. We have listeners in Australia, in the U.S. Uh, yeah, don't be shy, guys. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check out our Instagram, our Twitter, 
sign up, follow us. Yeah, what else? I need to ask the chat, and I need to ask you as well. I remembered players like Calicas. I remember players like Tatsis. I remember players like Dosevi. I remember players like like Misits. I don't remember Paciencia ever being at Olympiacos. Can someone tell me? Give me a me- memory. Give me a memory. Give me something. Put me there. Can he someone, heart, anyone? He had a heart condition and he had to leave. Oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah. He, uh, I think Bento brought him in. Bento brought him in. If I'm somebody in the chat, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure it was Paolo Bento that brought him in. Uh, in fact, yeah, it was Paolo and. He played in like a cup game. He was a fairly last minute kind of uh, signing for the team. And you're right. We had Cardozo, Idea Brown, and we brought in uh, Paciencia. And I think he he played like in a cup game. He came on as a sub a couple of times. Uh, and then he got diagnosed with this heart problem. And then we terminated his contract in... Uh, in, in 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 the Christmas, uh, like in January transfer window, and he was out of action. Like I don't think I think he didn't play football for like a year, and then mm-hmm. and then he popped popped back onto the scene and scored a nice goal today. He scored a good header, and he's a he's a mobile he's a mobile striker. I I like him. Uh, oh look at this, Olympiacos FC fan club of California, guys, big ups, California. What time is it over there? He played Tatsis from Prodeftiki as well, Tatsis. We got him from Prodeftiki with Padlos. Alekos Tatsis, man. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Barely mobile forward. He's good for Califer, but that was about it. Yeah, guys, by the way, if you guys don't know, Califer is an um, interesting club right now because our friend Peter Filipakos, former Olympiacos player um, from the US, uh, Greek father, he is uh, he's like the director of football at Galicia now. Interesting project there um, for those of you that are following um, Super League. To Leonidas Vokolos is their manager. Uh, I'd, Who's yeah. their biggest legend of all time, Galicia? Galicia. Who's the biggest legend, uh, or among I'm... the biggest legends? Is it a former Olympiacos player? No. No. Um. Tell Do you me. want a clue? Yeah, clue? tell me a clue. Give me a clue. He's a former Panathinaikos player. You definitely know him. Go to uh, somebody in the chat. Fanny Skekas. Ah, you're right. Fanny Skekas. Fanny Skekas. Bravo. Didn't spend much time at Panathinaikos. He went to uh, Bochum, where he yep. uh, broke in the so first to the scene. Yeah. And uh, he became a Bundesliga, Bundesliga favorite. <laughs> Dakol, do you remember Alexandre Dakol? I remember Dakol. I don't remember Paciencia at all. <laughs> at all. I don't understand why. Oh my god, this guy! When people were saying Paciencia used to play for Olympiacos, I just I know. Yeah. I- Manager Don, called Paciencia. Don Martin Kuzma, do you remember him? I remember him. I remember him Jesus as well. Christ, I really Martin remember Kuzma. him as well. The... 
always injured, Martin Kuzma. Yeah, this is, this, is, this is the guy that like had 30 goals in the Polish league or something, but he had two crocked knees. Like when he came yeah, over, yeah. it was just like, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I, I think I think he scored a goal or two in like a cup game against Kolopetinica and then Protathletis the next day were like super Kuzba, you know, typical Greek front page. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I remember, I think, I think, oh, what is that? Ah, oh, yeah, Australia. Of course, I told you the Aussies were listening, but everybody's bloody <laughs> shy. Everybody's bloody shy tonight. Like, we've dropped the link into the chat a few times already, but nobody wants to get on. Everyone's like, I don't know, it's like midnight or after hours, and they're in their pajamas, and they're too afraid. You can just come on audio if you want, guys. You don't have to put your camera on. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying. Maybe we can give them a nice little question to ask us. Yeah, guys, drop your questions in the chat as well. I mean, there are like lots of comments coming in. Um, oh, oh, Banayodi, what are you saying? Dati scored an absolute screamer in a friendly match, I think against Tottenham in London. I was at that game. Was it? Were you? I was at that game against Tottenham. And you don't remember a screamer from my leg? Was I don't remember a screamer from Dati. <laughs> was it a screamer that didn't hit the back of the net? Like, I don't know. Did he try? Did he try something? I don't remember that. Oh my God, we have people listening from Poland. There you uh, go. How do you guys remember Martin Kuzba? Tell us. Martin Kuzba had Michal Zevlakov as well. You know, you know, you know, I got a story for you now that we say, now we got friends from Poland. Do you remember that summer when Olympiakos were eliminated from Anorthosis because we were raiding to, uh, to sign Diogo? Yep. yep. There was this I'm... one Olympiakos, like, executive that uh, figured out there was this talent from Poland that, you know, Olympiakos could try out. But Yogo was, um, uh, it was, um, was, was more preferred than that talent from Poland. Are you talking about Lewandowski? Want to say this again? It was Robert Lewandowski. Yeah. yeah. Summer of 2008. And Lewandowski almost joined Panathinaikos as well. But uh, Panathinaikos wanted to, uh, to bring in Zibrilis Sisse, who was an amazing player, but no, 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 no sell value. He left as a free agent for Lazio. And Roza, who was the, uh, the South American scout, he, for some reason, he did scout Lewandowski as well. And he suggested Lewandowski to Panathinaikos. They'd have none of it. They preferred Julio Cruz at first, was 39 at the time. And he oh, said no. That's yeah. why they went to, to Zibril Cisse. And then, and then Roza, before they signed Cisse, he had another player in mind uh, from South America, Argentine player, big name right now, plays in Serie A. You want to guess who it is? Try me. Paulo Dybala. I think I remember that. I think I remember reading that. Didn't Ronaldo, didn't the Ronaldo like get tried out at Kalamata? I don't think he actually went for a tryout at Kalamata, but I do think his name was dropped for Kalamata. Yeah. Having some interesting stories here, Costa. Like, completely That's what we're here for. That's what yes, we're here yes. for. Ah, Roman Smirnidis has a question. What are you saying? I have a quiz for you guys. Don't look at the chat. Are you in? Okay, what's the question, man? What's the question, Roman? Roman, get on the get your ass on the show and ask us the question, and we can talk about it. And I got a question for the chat. Do you? How likely do you think it is for Olympiacos to make the last sixteen? Like officially make the last sixteen? 
after we, we told you the teams, we told you the kind of teams they could face if they finish second. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to, I'm going to read them again. I'm going to read those teams again right here. We got RB Leipzig, Club Bruges from Group A. We got Porto, Milan, Atletico Madrid, Group B. We got Dortmund from Group C. We got Sheriff from Group D, the easiest possible opponent. We got Benfica and Holy shit, we actually have Barcelona as well. Barcelona are a candidate as well. Uh, we got uh, Villarreal, Atalanta, Young Boys from Group F. We got Sevilla and Wolfsburg from Group G. We got Zenit from Group H. So, guys, tell us, how likely is it? How likely is it for Olympiacos to make it through? Chlapata says 30-70 against us. What, out of all those teams? What if we get Sheriff, though? Maybe that flips to 70-30. Yeah. Christo says, I think everything's possible. It's difficult, but we're Lions. Panayotis Skordis says, we can realistically beat only two teams out of those UCL sides. Bunio, I think we have a chance with Milan, Sheriff, Zenit. Milan Christo. beat Atletico away yesterday, so. <laughs> Barcelona. Barcelona <laughs> might be the easiest club. I was saying it if Olympiacos make it to the Champions League. I was saying it. Olympiacos would be lucky to get Barcelona if they made it to the Champions League this season. <laughs> They're terrible. We have big hopes to pass everyone. So, Skosos Padme Dimitriou, if we stay focused and aggressive. Jorgos oh, wow. uh, says, which one is the worst? This one Sheriff. we're going to face. Always the most difficult. <laughs> well... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sheriff would be the best draw, to be fair. Costa, I said it before. Uh, I'm, I'm. There's less pressure going up against the big team. I, I don't care. I honestly don't care who it is we get in the next round. I'm not one of those people that's happy when we get a lesser team. I prefer Olympiacos to be all, you know, fully focused going into a game. When you're playing against a team that on paper is not as good as you on paper, you're a bit more relaxed. Like that that settles in not only with the players, but with the crowd too, the fans, the fans in the stadium, they get they get behind, you know, that they, they that kind of cockiness or that expectation, the expectation and the pressure on the players to win, it becomes quite you know a factor to consider so i'm you know when you're playing against the big team it attracts more people to go to the game the 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 fans get behind the team more so i don't care i don't care if we play barcelona atletico sheriff i don't care who it is um bring on a big team i don't well, care if karbovni gary rodriguez and fortunis hit the ground running and olibiaco sign a really good player in january if they get Barcelona, if Barcelona screw it up royally in the Champions League, they get Barcelona, well, you know, I so, wouldn't count Olympiacos out. I definitely wouldn't yeah. count Olympiacos out. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, that will be a victory to remember and one for the history books, no matter how bad Barcelona are this season. Uh, shit move for them to, to get rid of Valverde a few years ago. I keep reminding my Catalan friends how shit move that was. Anyway, uh, we've got a good one. Costa, we we okay. since, hit me, since, hit me. Since, since we're not talking about the Fener game anymore, so <laughs> this came up with a good question. 
Name six players, he says, that played for Barcelona and Olympiacos. No help from the chat. All right. Okay, Rivaldo Giovanni. That's the first Sa- two. Saviola. Abidal. Abidal. Dani Garcia Lara. Bravo, bravo, Dani. And then who do we have? Play for Barcelona. Do uh, I do hope he doesn't include Masia. So we're gonna we're gonna need at least one appearance here for Barcelona. I'm thinking Spaniards here. Probably Spaniards here. Hang on, I'm think I'm thinking from the back goalkeeper from Barcelona. Can't think of one. Imagine if Pardo came from uh, from Masia and we just don't remember it. <laughs> Urco, Urco, not uh, not the other one. Oh, 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 Urco Pardo. I can't Urco Pardo, surely so we've, not. We've, we've got five. We've got five, yeah. We've got five. Barcelona. A winger from Barcelona, a central midfielder, attacker, a number 10. I'm, I'm oh. starting to get flashbacks from a player that started with Barcelona and it all went tits up. Uh, is Mernidi, where are you? I'm, I'm, I'm having a, I'm, I'm thinking a player that started out with Barcelona and it all went tits Ture. up. That's what I'm thinking. Touré, yeah, yeah, Touré. Well, yeah, but it was after. Yeah, yeah, Touré was after, but he returned at Olympiacos. So it counts, Mernidis. It counts. Ah, uh, wait. That's six. That's six. But now I'm looking at the chat. There's Afalai as well. So that's seven. Afalai, there's seven. Yeah. 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 There we go. There we go. Seven. I think we yeah. made it. Yeah. Babangida. Oh, my Jesus. Is it Babangida? Babangida. Yeah, he played for Barcelona for a little bit. Yasure Chris. Chris. Hey, Chris. Chris Wheatley. Yes, we know Chris. Chris Wheatley. You know secret, Olib- secret, not so secret Olympiacos fans. I want to take this moment and tell everyone that if you want Arsenal news, that's the guy you go to. This is the best source you could find for Arsenal news and Premier League news in general. You know, go for him. You know, Chris, incredible journalist and incredible guy. Chris, if you're feeling up to it, hit that. Yeah, link come on in, man. Come, come on in, dude. Come and chat with us for five, ten maybe, minutes. Maybe, maybe we can talk Ozil, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, can I just say something? Like, we didn't talk about this. We were so bad today that Mm -hmm. we struggled to beat a Fener team that were playing with, you know, minus four of their key players. No Ozil, no Enna Valencia, no no Altai, their keeper, and no Luis Gustavo. Belka started on the bench as well. That's how bad we were today. That's how bad we were. No, like I said, Olbiakos, you know, they're still dealing with that hangover from uh, from COVID, from uh, losing Tsimikas and uh, Omar. They're playing like a Greek team. Uh, slow, cross the ball, hope for the best. They're missing key players they, that never, um, that never um, adapted to the team. Made some some signings that never really worked out. Some players plus the manager probably, well, they want to move on with life and their careers, which I don't, is something I totally do not uh, question and I do not blame them for. I'm, I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't feel confident about the um, about how things uh, move on. Keep Pedro Martins because this Olympiacos team could screw up in the Greek league. I guarantee you they could screw up this team. 
Uh, Chris, you're going to make me blush redder than my... Might, the red of my blush. as well. Well. <laughs> well. blame the alcohol. We'll blame the alcohol. Cheers, Chris. Uh, Thank you, Chris. Amazing Costa, Thank you, Chris. Costa, the Greek league is so bad, we can't possibly screw up. I said it. I, I, I said it. I said it on the weekend after the Ike game. The competition is. We don't have that competition that we had a couple of seasons ago when Balk was good, and we actually, you know, we were up for winning the league, like because they had won the league that year before, and like we had something to play for. We had, you know, we wanted the to to regain some pride and like get back into first place and go back where we belong. Now we're back where we belong and we're at the top and just Savidis has disappeared like you know Lichescu's come back in and he's done crap, a crap job so far Balk fans will probably agree I don't give a crap if they agree um, who, who who can threaten us I'll in the Greek what, league if Balk we're, 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 a threat, we're a threat to ourselves there I agree with you but there you go I'm that's a very threat. good point I'm thinking, let's say Pedro Martins gets the, gets the sack or gets a big job somewhere. Like, let's say Newcastle had hired him. And he was actually, he was the fourth choice for the Newcastle job. Number one was Emery. Number two was Eddie Howe, who got the job. Number three was Fonseca. Number four was Pedro Martins. So when Emery pulled out of the whole thing, he was number three. So, like, the guy is on his way out. He's going to join a big club only a matter of time. So let's say Martins leaves. In January. Let's say, yeah, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. You think he'll pick up and leave? Like, I don't know, man. Like, I... It really feels like he wants to move on, though. It really, If COVID never happened, A, Olympiacos would have probably eliminated Wolves. I truly insist on that. Olympiacos would have eliminated Wolves. And after that, there would have been like a huge exodus. You would have seen Cisse going, Madi Camara, Pedro Martins, Ruben Semedo before he did before the whole ordeal. You would have seen well, Podence was already gone. Maybe even Useinuba. You know, Useinuba was good then. Great question, Chris. Shall I answer who, it? Shall I replaced, answer that? Wait, wait, wait. Who, the question from Chris Wheatley is: yeah. Who replaces Martins if he goes in the summer? His contract comes to an end. Yeah. Uh, all right. On three, on three, we both say the name, okay? Okay, one. Wait, wait, wait. Is it going to be the one that we want or the one that we think is going to take the job? Let's just say the name and we'll analyze it. All right, okay. Three, two, one. Ernesto Valverde. Yeah, there you go. We said it. We said it. It's out now. No, but for real, I mean, the guy was... Actually, we got a bit of a story here. Ernesto Valverde was among the candidates to uh, to take over on an interim basis uh, at Manchester United. And he was interviewed for the job. He did mention the names he wanted to sign for Man United. And he was actually the first name that was ruled out from the running to take over at Manchester United. I don't know if there were any other names that were actually ruled out until, you know, Ralf Ragnick uh, became the... Uh, the front runner for the job. They need to figure things out with Lokomotiva now. Uh, he was the first one to be ruled out of the running. And I could definitely see Olibiakos if Pedro Mart if slash when Pedro Martins leaves, I could definitely see Olibiakos at least making a an effort, at least getting in, ch in touch with the uh with the Banyeth, his manager, to bring him over. 
Do you think there was a little phone call the last couple of days? From whom? From Marinagis to Valverde. Why? He says, uh, you know, don't sign at Man United on interim. Come back in the summer because we're looking for a manager. I would give that exactly minus 100% chances of that happening. You don't, minus think, that, 100%. You, you don't think that there's been a little phone call from the club? Well, I mean, I mean, we know that we know that Valverde loves the club and that he has a good relationship with the, you know, with the president. And and I mean, it, it's a dream. So, yeah. So it, yeah. It, it, hey, hey, Ernesto, it's Vagelis here. Uh, don't go to Man United. <laughs> Just come to us in the summer. Come to Olympiacos. Come to Pereira. That's, that's you, you know you you know that that's just like a, a premium kind of Greek press article in SportDog.gr tomorrow, isn't it? It's like Valverde called. Uh, what was it? Marinakis called Valverde. <laughs> Something like that. Can you imagine? Actually, Bauk uh, got in touch with Valverde before signing Lucescu, and Valverde turned I it down. That. But can you imagine if Valverde oh, had Jesus Christ. No, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not knocking Pauk down. I'm just saying that here's Man United getting in touch with you, saying, "Hey, you want to come to Old Trafford and like manage, you know, the team that Sir Alex Ferguson used to manage?" Can you... No, but for real though, Chris, uh, to answer your question, I could definitely see Olympiacos getting in touch with um, Valverde, at least making an uh, making an effort for it. Other than that, they would try the Portuguese uh, market because. Um, there's been a lot of success from uh, from that country. You know, we started with Marco Silva, who's now doing great things with Fulham, and he's going to bring them back to the Premier League, in my opinion. Uh, so, yeah, I would see either Ernesto Valverde or Portuguese market. I'm just going to bring in some other comments from the chat. Christos is saying, what if Martin stays? No way. And he stays. He stays. Then he stays. But I don't think he's going to stay. He wants to no, move on, guys. There's no Haven't way. you ever been in a job where you feel overqualified? I mean... Yeah, he no, it's not. On. He wants to move on. I don't. But if he stays, he stays. That's the answer to the question. No. I, I, if you're saying there's a minus one hundred percent chance that Marinagis has given a call to Valverde the last week, then it's a minus five hundred that you know Martin stays at the end of this uh, at the end of this season. Uh, is getting a lot of love. I don't know if they're all Australians that are writing this in, but. Um, I think it'd be great for Olympiacos. You know, he'd be in, he'd be interesting. You know, I mean, you look at a lot of managers that didn't succeed too much, or they did start well and didn't end well. But if they came to Greece, I mean, they would they would be amazing. I mean, Chris Wilder was a free agent until very recently. If he had come to Olympiacos, he would have been a huge success. Yeah. Well, we are. We're in November, coming coming up to December, guys, and yeah, still still some time to the end of the season. I don't think Pedro Martins is going anywhere. Uh, I mean, if you look at, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Costa, but who are the clubs that are actually looking for managers right now? And I mean, we know the guy wants to go to the Premier League. Who's looking yeah, for a yeah. manager right now in the Premier League? But Newcastle, Newcastle was the job, wasn't it? No, no, that's taken. Eddie Howe's got the job. True, true. I mean, obviously, would he be up to going to the championship? You know, starting with the team and bringing them back. Anyways, uh, I don't have a Look story. Look at Marco Silva I... now. Well, uh, Marco Silva is a funny one in England, the way he's being perceived, because 
he's a very talented manager. Yes, you would. You would not do that if Mourinho came to Olympia because you would not be grumpy whatsoever. You Mate, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a Tottenham fan. Okay. No. 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 Yeah, but that's no, I'm not a fan. That's Olympia no, course. No, no, really, Mourinho. He could take us. He could take us to the quarterfinals of the Europa League. I don't know, man. No, no. I don't know. I'm a bit. I, I don't know. Uh, to be fair to Mourinho, I think that he was sacked uh, before that cup final game because uh, he would have got money, a bonus, <laughs> if he'd have won it. And Daniel Levy probably... Yeah, but so, you would have won your first trophy since yeah, 2007. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. No, I, I, thought that was a, I thought that was a mistake, getting rid of Mourinho before the cup final. But anyway, I don't know if Chris is still there because, uh, Christy, you know I'm a Tottenham fan. But anyway, more of a Liverpool fan these days because because a certain Timikas plays there. But anyway. For real, if, if Liverpool win the Premier League and the Champions League, first ever Greek player who wins those two. Yeah. Nah. Christos uh, reminding us about Leonardo Jardim leaving because we weren't playing nice football. And then he went on to do what he did with Monaco. Yeah, he had... Kylian Mbappe on his team as well. Um, Costa, we've been going for an hour. Uh, yeah. Shall we do man of the match, coach's grade? Ooh, man of the match. Ooh, and we crap. can wrap it up. Actually, man of the match is an interesting one, this uh, this game. What do you think? Who's your man of the match for today? Oh, yeah, that's that's nice. Not just throwing me there. <laughs> I think Oleg takes that, doesn't he? I think Oleg Rebchuk takes that, but it's not because, you know, we were a great team and, you know, he stood out and he carried the team towards victory and stuff. He was just, he was decent. He was, um, he was consistent. He showed heart. He put a lot of runs in. He got that big assist, big cross as well. That was a great cross. So yeah, I'm giving it to Rebchuk. It's hard to disagree with you. I think... Yeah, Oleg, Kenny Lala, Papa Boob Sise, they had good games today relative to the team's overall performance, uh, always. But yeah, I think Oleg's the guy. Oleg, Oleg's the guy for me. And, you know, you can't, yeah, you can't give it to Tiquinho, but Tiquinho is, uh, is is the match winner. He's the match winner. And I have to say, is what we call in Greek, is there an English term for this? Uh, your goal, you know, it was a center a striker forward. kind of goal. Yeah. A striker it was, it was goal. a center forwards goal, it was a it was um trademark, just like wonderful low cross from the left hand side, and then just that one touch finish was beautiful. And I was watching it with the with the Brussels Gate Seven crowd, <laughs> and we, you know, you know, we said it was one of those games where we were just we were poor and you were just like, really, we're going to draw against this, this Fenerbahce team, which is yeah. really not good. And, and then he scores that goal and it was, it was a raucous atmosphere in the, at the fan club. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed the goal. You know, we gave a few high fives and. <laughs> I was fuming. I was fuming. I was really angry. Really angry. <laughs> I was just, you know, really, really. Um, coaches grade seven. So, oh, what? what is what is it? What do we do uh, out of 10? Out of uh, what is it? A, A B, B, C, D. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, Elade. 
two two point two one B minus. If he gets a B, B minus, minus, he gets a two one. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be boring. I'll probably agree with you, like a B or a B minus. I I don't know what his issue is with Mario Versailles. I and I'm not just giving him that for for that reason. I think. I think he gets a B actually for me because he made the changes at, at half time. Uh, I think I think Gamara needed to come off. I didn't agree with the Onyakuru uh, replacement, and I feel like he's kind of cutting his wings from underneath him as well because he's not like Onyakuru. We bought him to make a difference up front. We spent five million supposedly, and he hasn't done that. But tactically, he's been far better than we've all expected. He does help tactically on the pitch and the situation that our midfield finds itself in that we've been underperforming in the middle of the park is not helping him uh they're not finding him you see him making some intelligent runs and trying to get into space but it's just like he's not all there and the team around him and the players around him they're not uh they're not helping his performances um either and I think we needed some pace at the end towards particularly towards the end of the game because you just felt like the ball was going to Lopez or the go the ball was going to Valbuena and Valbuena's gonna cross it into the area and there are six defenders in the area and El Arabi on his own and you're just like, Okay, here we go again. And like you said, we were playing like a Greek team, Yoma, Gixana Yoma, just like throw the ball into the box. And uh, anyway, one nil victory. And uh, okay, the, the chat's still going as well. Do you have anything, any info about Socrates? Anything serious? Actually, I haven't read. Uh, I haven't read anything since since after the game. I don't know about you, Costa. Like I can do a. He had a serious arm injury against it... Ike. Uh, against Ike, when uh, who was the guy that stepped on his arm? Uh, somebody stepped on his arm and he played yeah. with a, not yeah. a cast, but a bandage. How yeah. do you call it in English? Yeah. Uh, yeah so he was. I don't think he was at a hundred percent. I don't have anything yet on him. No, and I I can't find anything actually either um, in in the press right now. But uh, oh, there was something interesting that we that we raised in our chat and um, the defensive partnership. Yeah. Is Cisse Bar partnership better than uh, than Socrates and either one of those two? Well, they did have a lot of chemistry, but uh, Cisse and Bar in two thousand and twenty uh, and twenty twenty one. They're also friends; like uh, they do hang yeah. out with Madi Kamara, and I guess this French this group has become bigger now. Uh, so there's a lot of chemistry there. Uh, Bao obviously has been struggling for form this season, and he really needs to work on that goddamn discipline. Uh, so I'm not too sure. I mean, I think Papastathopoulos is the kind of player that could go into any kind of uh, centre-back partnership and, you know, put together at least a decent uh, kind, of, um, kind of performance. But it, it comes back to what I said at the beginning. There's no identity in this team. There's no, you don't see the kind of thing that we had with Avram and Melberg back in the day that, you know, the, the, the partnership that just wouldn't end, that would just wouldn't be broken. There's just not much identity. I Every time Olympiacos are about to play, it's always quite a bet to, uh, you always have to bet to, to guess what kind of formation this is going to be. So I can't, 
I guess, I, I guess the answer is that Cissé and Ba have shown they have good chemistry. Papastathopoulos, well, you know, he has played with all of them and he has put together some decent deport, the performances. I, I think the, the word that was coming to my mind watching the game was how disjointed we were. It's just like, but, but again, Costa, I think it's one of those things where it's relative to what we've seen the last few years, particularly Martins' first and second season. Yeah where those players came really hungry the first season and you, you Madi Kamara is the best example but the progression that he had the the first and second years was just astronomical uh, in terms of how he progressed uh, and in you know third season and now it's it's been he's been in regression um but anyway uh, there are some other questions on the chat they want us to give our uh, our, our starting 11 of the worst players we've ever had guys we've been going for for over an hour it's past one o'clock here in in brussels Costa, can i just here? finish one thing one thing yeah. before we go uh which we didn't mention agibu kamara uh had a lot of scouts coming in to uh see him play he had scouts from brentford liverpool ac milan were there uh there were other scouts as well. There was um, there were scouts from from Bordeaux as well. Came to see uh, other players. Not too sure. I Camara impressed uh, the the Liverpool uh, scouts today. Can't say much about Brentford and Milan. Obviously, uh, I broke this uh, this story uh, not too long ago that uh, Camara is being targeted by Liverpool, Leicester, and Newcastle, who have all made contact with uh, the player's agent. Uh, his people close to him believe he's going to be in the Premier League next summer. Olympiacos, according to my sources, are going to demand uh, a fee in the region of £20 million for him. That is a very, very large sum. A lot of intermediaries in there as well, believing that he's one of the top talents in Europe. Valencia, Villarreal, Torino, Monaco, uh, Torino and Monaco are also interested in him. So what's that space, guys? Let's start a bidding war. It's guys, like if you what's going to be like, if you guys read all the press about Agibu Kamara that uh, Costa's talking about, just a quick hint here: the guy that broke the story exclusively was the guy that's with me today, Costas Lianos. Costa, thanks very much for joining, ma'am. Uh, it's been been a lot of fun as usual talking to you. Um, you too, my man. You too, as always. Ari, Peter, Labra, they all send their best to all of you. It's Thanksgiving in the in North America, not North America, in the United States of America, oh, because yeah. because the Canadians they celebrate Thanksgiving on a different date. Um, happy Thanksgiving if you're listening from the US. All the best, guys. Olympiakos is through to the next round of the Europa League, a 1-0 victory against Fenerbahce tonight. Tikinia with that last gasp winner. If you've made it this far, thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a like. See you next time, guys. Take care, guys. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olibia Gos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. 
We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city, and our story. Thrilos, he said. Στο μυαλό κάτι μαγικό.